Hi, this is Professor Jacob Edwin, and this is the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Ancient Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. No man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. But after our 290-something episode, I would just think you would just say, with me, I am your Sherpa. Because like every good Sherpa, you need to have a tribal chief, and you should acknowledge me. But like every great Sherpa, which I like to think I am, it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring today? You can find this man at Voltage. You can find him at RWA, EPWA, CPWA, WDWA, NWL, and ATCW. He is the intellectual the mindful, the professor, Jacob Edwin. Uh, thank you. You know, uh, I've seen you a few times now, probably the most in the last year, and it just now occurred to me that you're Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yeah. That, yeah, that, didn't, uh, that didn't cross my mind until just this moment. <laughs> yeah. I don't normally, like, when people ask me, they're like, oh, you know, because when you shake hands and stuff like that, you meet people in the back, it's always like, whatever, you know, hey, I'm Cliff, nice to meet you, and just just keep it moving. And so right. when I say my whole name, everybody's like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of the extent of, of you and I, right? Like, we've, we've really only met a handful of times at shows, so this is going to be, you know, the most we get to know each other. Right. And that's why I think one of the things like, right, so we've crossed each other, crossed in each other's, uh, you know, by each other and stuff like that. And the one thing like I've always been fascinated because I've, I've been watching you from a distance and I've, you know, I'm going front. I'll say I'm a fan of your work. So that way, when I see when I met you, I was like, oh, man, this is kind of cool. I shared the same locker room with the guy that I've low key just kind of been watching on the back end to kind of like nitpick and like see like how he does his things and and and, and you know, portrays himself. And I, I, when I got to talk to you in the locker room, I was like, hey, yo, like really quick. And I was like, let me, let me kind of like dive a little bit more and, and ask him to come on the podcast. I'd love to be able to pick the brain of, of the professor himself and, and, you know, learn more about this crazy business. Right. Oh, well, it's, um, uh, so our instance is so common. So many people know so many people, but they only know them in those brief moments in a locker room. Um, and you've talked about, uh, we talked briefly about what this podcast was going to be. And you brought up that it's a lot like the Joe Rogan experience. And um, so people bring up in and out of character a lot, right? And I wanted to kind of address this on the front of it. I always tell people I'm going to be the professor. The thing is, that is just me. The professor was something that came long before I was ever using it as a stage name. I... It's just someone, it's just something that's been acknowledged in locker rooms uh, for a long time now. Uh, and it was a nickname that came long before, you know, it was ever presented on a stage and people, you know, uh, paid tickets for. It's completely, it's so much me that in, in or out of character, you know, some people are playing characters at this and I am not. I try to bring down that that I try to trim that fat so much and trim down that fluff so much uh, and really people call it blurring the line but I don't even think it's that I think it's a true defining line a sharpie mark on the on the drawing that 
I am who I am in and out of the ring. It's not, it's not a whole lot of difference. So uh, hopefully today people figure that out. Your, you know, your audience figures that out and you can see a bit of that too. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, even like, uh, like, so red dog himself, right. It's just like a portion of me, like cranked up to a hundred. And I think that's the one thing like, cause the person that you meet, whether I'm on the podcast or I'm in a ring or I'm just out on like just hanging out in the town or even at my job, like it's the same dude, just maybe amplified a little bit more, but I, I put so much of me into who red dog is. And the thing is, is like coming from like a military background, Right. I feel uh, a lot of people forget that the military has like a lot of dark humor because they always see the guys like as stoic, like this, like I'm very like firm, always on task, always at the plan. And I if I have to adjust, I will. But I'm always a fight to, you know, fight to win kind of dude where like me, uh, I like to pray. on. I I don't want to say pray. I like to play off the, the darker side of like the things and just like make jokes at like most inappropriate times and like say things that are just off the cuff of my mind without the filter, because that's something a lot of people don't remember is that some military guys, they don't have that filter. It just, it's whatever's here goes right out. And I say just abruptly to people like all the time. And sometimes, I mean, really they have to right? <laughs> uh, so many people humor is a coping mechanism. And if you're serving any time in the military and any, any of that time gets literally in trenches or, you know, literally on front lines, what else do you have but your humor and whoever's right next to you? Yeah, so true. And so that's why when you say like, you've put so much of yourself into your, into the professor, into the character, like, yeah, I mean, you know, that's why I, I love this aspect of being able to talk to people about like, where their character come from or who they pulled from or where they've like kind of adapted. So to hear you even just come out right out the front and just be like, yo, I'm, I'm just, it's just who I am. And uh, I feel like that's, that's a great thing to hear. Cause like, I know even like uh, Chaz, right. So the other half of the three count podcast, like his character, like the Dawn, it's just him cranked up to a thousand. Like I kid you not the way Chaz acts like <laughs> in the ring is still a hundred percent of who he is outside the ring so it's always fun to see like uh it's always fun to see people try to figure out like if there's two different people i'm like no 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 we are very much the same person it's just when you see us in a ring we may just amplify the thing but otherwise like we love just like dumping ourselves into whatever we're doing and that's so much fun right like that's part of the so a big part of a a wrestling fan's perspective is they're trying to figure out the magic trick they're trying to figure out what the difference is and where where the card goes up the sleeve, right? That's all they're trying to figure out. And, you know, when that aspect, yeah, they want to see behind the curtain, it becomes the most interesting thing for them. And when they can peek behind the curtain and, you know, uh, Randy Savage, Randy Savage was very well known for that was just him. You just took someone who in real life was this cartoonish, over the top, intense person and you just happen to put 250 pounds on them and put them in front of a a camera and a microphone and a wrestling ring and taught them how to do a headlock and very fortunate for all of us uh you know that worked out we got the macho man randy savage or the macho king or macho madness uh but so to for a fan to find out that we aren't interesting, that we aren't the wrestler we portray to be, that we aren't, you know, that, that extra fold. Uh, it, it's, I think it's kind of a letdown. So 
uh, I'm a little combative. I'm I'm kind of a strong personality, but I'm not gonna make that. I'm not gonna make something like this. This podcast. I agreed to this. Why would I come on here? You know, a, a thousand miles a minute, really trying to defend or be combative with you um, versus say at a merch table. Uh, so often at a merch table, when I'm not selling merch, it's because I'm going back and forth with whatever fan decided to come up and try to talk trash. And here's the other thing. It keeps me sharp because if I am sitting at this merch table and these people are able to approach me outside of a wrestling ring and I can't back up my verbal prowess, if I can't quip with them as much as they're trying to come at me, then were they really meeting a professor? Were they really meeting this guy who was in the ring, who was talking all that smack or who was able to be on the microphone and talk this big game? Did they really meet me or did they just meet some, some schmo who decides to put on a mask and a cape and go out in a wrestling ring? Like I, I, I don't want them to think that we just, you know, take off the makeup and take off the, the clown makeup and take off the wig and, you know, we go somewhere else. That's not, that's not what wrestling is to me because so many people, they want, they want so bad. And I'm so sorry for rambling, but it's going to happen. They want so bad to get behind the curtain and then they get there and they're kind of disappointed. You know, look at, I won't name names, but look at so many wrestling personalities that turned out to be uh, too hot for TV or something that wasn't the same political beliefs that you had or something Maybe it wasn't even that serious. Maybe it was just one thing. They liked pineapple on their pizza, and you didn't like that, and that made you respect them less. <laughs> it wasn't so bad to be behind the curtain, but then they get there and they get disappointed. So, I I think I'm I think I'm better at that. Where they get behind the curtain and they see, oh, here's this guy. He's exactly the same, uh, if not worse. Because sometimes in real life, I'm, I'm worse than I am in a ring or on a microphone uh, because now I'm not trying to get everybody's attention. I'm just mean. (laughs) I'm just this (laughs) stone-faced, mean person. Um, Yeah, that's a long-winded answer, but (laughs) to a question I don't even think you asked. I just started going. No, but it's perfect because, like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, people do want to see behind the scenes, right? Because every, every, you know, and a lot of people talk about, like, every good magician doesn't, like, reveal his tricks, right? But then, obviously, like, once people, like, learn to trick, then they're, like, they're not as, I don't say, impressed. Like, they're just, like, they're, like, oh, that's all it was? But, exactly. like, if you if you peek behind a curtain at a wrestling show, and, and it kind of goes 50-50, we'll be front with it, right? Because some guys, like, well, it, some some people are method actors, right? They like to just be in character all the time. And some guys aren't. But every once in a while, you find out one person that's, like, genuine to who they are. And so when you're – when you peek behind a curtain and you see that the person that was in the ring is the same way outside the ring, then you're like, oh, I'm genuinely attached to that person. Like, I just had an instance, right, uh, this last weekend for you guys wondering when we're – you know, when we're shooting this, don't worry. It's on a Monday, right? Monday Night Raw or something, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I was at a I was at a show and I came out and the crowd was like, there, you know, everybody was cheering for me, yay, Red Dog, woo! And this one guy was like, I hate this dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, what? Now he's like, I hear him go. At least he's not wearing a stupid vest anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, word. And I looked at that one guy and I was like, you miss that vest, don't you? And he was like, no. So I got out the ring. 
I sat next to him. I took his soda. I took his potato chips and I just sat next to him. And I was like, so you like the show? And he was like, I did until you came out. I was like, oh, so we just going to stay upset. I was like, you shouldn't be so mad. Can I have your drink? And he was like, no. I was like, you really want this back? He's like, yeah. And I was like, can I get a sip? He's like, no. And so I gave back to him. But by the end of the match, he was like, all right, Red Dog won me over. I like him. And so when he when he came to the merch table, I was like, hey, what's up? And then he was like, oh, you, this is you? I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm still the same person. Like, it doesn't change. <laughs> so many people will forget that we are – They'll say so much. And all right, so there's two sides to this, right? They'll say so much behind a barricade or you know, behind the screen of darkness when the lights are out, but the spotlight's on the ring. They'll say whatever comes to their mind, and it's so anonymous sometimes. But then there are those instances, those more intimate shows where we can stop what we're doing or we can go to a merch table and we see them face to face and they see, okay, this is a real person in front of me now. And so many people get offended by that, right? Um, there was a recent story where a fan got kicked out of a WWE show for throwing a soda. Um, uh, but it's, and so often that kind of thing happens. They throw something, maybe they say a slur, maybe they say something terribly offensive. And, you know, it, I could fill a book with how many things, I've, names I've been called and uh, uh, just insults and attacking my body, my hair, my everything. And, Man, I, it kind of speaks to wrestlers today. We we do need to have thick skin. Uh, we we can't just be going out there and expect to be loving and accepted and everything. Like any time a fan or anything has tried to turn up the heat on me, I can turn it back on them. That means to me that gives me a, they just went up another rung, so I'm going to jump that rung. And I'm just going to I'm just going to pepper it on more. You can't. I've made posts, I've made, you know, memes, images, whatever. Try, try to hurt me, try to offend me, try to say something to me that I haven't heard before. Try to be creative. No more of this bald. I, I literally got a chant last week, just bald, just bald. That's all they said was bald. I get Mr. <laughs> Clean. I get so much and it's so uncreative. And this is anybody that sees this and is going to see me somewhere at another show coming up. Try better. Try so much better because <laughs> you can't. Ah, I need more. I need something to go off of. I need something to bounce off of. If you just call me bald when you're missing teeth and overweight and dress poorly, I, I've got too much on you and all you're hitting me with is bald. Something I have no effect over, no change over. You chose your bad hygiene is your choice. Your bad sense in clothing and clothing and style is your choice. And, 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 your weight is your choice. I'm, I'm over it. Give me a better source of material. Give me a better class of, of uh, heckler or, or, or whatever you want to call it. You know, the fans can say whatever they want. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not, I don't dog on people that get offended by it, but as a wrestler, you have to have thick skin. You are literally shining a spotlight on you and uh, you are the, you're in center stage uh, in the center of that ring, you've got anywhere from a hundred to a thousand people staring at you. Somebody's not going to like you, and for a good reason. And you, you took it. You, you went great. You went great, and you turned it into a positive. Uh, you, that's and that's that's kind of what we need. That that guy picked you out specifically. He had to have seen you before or something. I don't like this guy specifically, but you know what's good about that? He remembered your name. 
so many guys go on a show and they don't people don't even remember their name after who was that one he did the flip or he did the <laughs> yeah. he did something funny I, uh, who was who was that guy he remembered you whether it's because he liked you or not we can worry about that later he remembered red dog <laughs> I think it's interesting too. Like you hear that a lot. Like I remember like the first time I was at a show, um, I won't mention the show's name, but they know who they are. And even the people who are watching this, they know who they are too, because they watch the show and they tell me about it. But anyway, so I, uh, I was in a match and uh, I was the face, right. And I, and I, I ended up losing, but I did a, a gun spot in this match. It was the first time I ever did it. And the little boy was like, dad, we gotta go, fi- we gotta go find the guy. And he's like, which guy? He's like, the guy that was like, pew, 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 pew. Didn't remember my name. Just remember that I did that spot. And so his dad was like, oh, that's him. And since then, like, the little boy has been, like, a huge fan of mine. And I see him all the time. And uh, it was just funny that that's the only way that he could remember me. And he just could remember that my name was Red Dog, even though I was wearing – at the time, I was just wearing all black and red. But it was just – it was it's funny to hear that kind of story of, like, what was that guy's name? He did that one spot with the one person and then it turned into a flip and you're just like, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot today. (laughs) It's so shocking. Right? Like, so I was told this piece of advice and I take it with me everywhere I go. There's three people you have to look out for at a wrestling show. One person is there because you're their favorite wrestler. One person is there who has never seen you before. I think for most of us, that's more often than not. And then uh, third, it's someone has never seen wrestling before. I can't tell you how many times I've been to shows that people have never been. This is my first time at any wrestling ever. And I'm so shocked to hear that. But I always keep it in mind because so many people just assume they've seen everything. They've seen everything. What else can we show them? And there are some crowds that maybe majority is yeah this is they've never seen they've seen it all they've seen so much and they assume so a lot of wrestlers not all a lot uh are so ingrained in it we're we are neck deep in wrestling we are neck deep in it and they assume everyone else is and you can't you know you can they you just can't you can't play like that we we have to go out there and actually show them something they've never seen before or something that shows them what wrestling is I've heard people uh, talk down about a shoulder tackle. And if you've watched wrestling for, if you've watched two wrestling shows, you've seen a shoulder tackle, you see it. It's so, (laughs) it's such a useful technique. It really is. And it's so uh, ingrained now in wrestling. Um, So, but there's still at least four people that haven't seen it. Maybe they're, it's their first time coming to a wrestling show. Maybe they've seen some of the stuff on TV, but you got to show them what it is. You have to show them this is what wrestling is. Um, and it is, it, that's when people overcomplicate things. That's when I look at people that overcomplicate it and like, it's like, guys, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice by trying to do the triple Lindy off the top rope when people don't even, they've never even seen a, a, just a splash or a cross body, you know, and it's, and it's accomplishing the same goal. People want to be flashy, you know, and it's, it, it becomes form over function. And mm-hmm. if professor Edwin is everything, anything it's function over form every time I'm going to do what works versus what looks pretty. And 
I'm not saying everyone should be like me. If everyone was like me, I wouldn't stand out. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying I've seen a lot of mistakes and a lot of injuries happen for form over function. So, you know, mine, mine can take my 10 year career and turn it into 30 versus some other careers I've seen go from, you know, 10 to five instead. It's one of those things that like, it was something that, so it's no secret, right? I've made it known on this podcast a few times, uh, sickens my trainer. And the one thing that he says a lot is like, you know, you got to spoon feed your crowd, right? You can't just, you can't assume that everybody knows everything about wrestling. And it's one thing that I've taken to heart. So when I build my setup, right, it was a like simplistic moves that are heavy hitting that people recognize from anything, right? Like how many times have you seen a German suplex in any, any action movie? It happens a lot. People just get taken over the top. Right. Or I know like when, uh, was that, uh, no way home, right. With Spider-Man. Yeah. The one thing that everybody talked about was the spine buster that doc Ock threw, or like the power bomb that happened with William Dafoe. Like, so you recognize those moves and that's why I like to build my moveset off of things that you've seen because then you recognize like, oh, that's a real dangerous position or this is something that really hurts. And it's it's so much easier to keep it simple than like, hey, yo, let me let me do a 630 off the off the top rope. I was like, I don't need to. I was like, I want to be that technical guy that shows the story that people who have never seen a wrestling show before understands that, hey, uh, that looked like it sucked. <laughs> so. A funny story about like so you see everybody was talking about the power bomb right and they mm-hmm. set it up very well in that in that movie and i love that movie for that fight scene probably above everything else but <laughs> um i was on a show i was wrestling hacksaw jim duggan one night and it was in a show in east tennessee it was a, a town that hadn't really had wrestling uh if not for a while and uh someone went to do a power bomb and a match. He, the guy jumped at him and he caught him and the crowd laughed. They had never seen a power bomb. All they saw was some, some guy's crotch and another guy's face. They then kind of oohed after the power bomb. Cause it's a power bomb, but half <laughs> of them were still laughing at the crotch to the face. And it really just, it opened my eyes And that, that same little three person, reminder popped in my head there's always people that haven't seen wrestling before they don't know what this is they they see this and it's their first experience and you have to make it a good one sometimes that's another thing people don't seem to realize how often one instance can ruin someone's whole whole outlook on professional wrestling they'll think you know oh everybody's seen it everybody knows what it is but they'll go to some of these shows that are just so bad, so poorly put together, poorly planned out. The matchups aren't set up right. They're all thrown together. It doesn't matter. You know, the presentation's not there. I don't think presentation is everything, but when you combine it with all the lowest rungs of what we do, there's someone that's never seen wrestling. That just happens to be what's close by to them. That turns them off of wrestling forever, forever. And now not just that show lost a customer, any other future show lost that customer. And that's, and that's a shame. People don't, people don't take that, that, that uh, responsibility sometimes. Ah, it's just another one. Yeah. But what about the next one? You know, there's always a next one. 
you never there's a saying in wrestling and i'm sure you've heard it where whether there's 15 or 1500 you go out there and perform like it's 1500 no matter how many people are out there that's referring to the audience and there's a reason for that because if you don't perform like there's going to be 1500 or 15000 then it's still just going to stay at 15 that's it's just a simple they you you are not earning one night of customers you are trying to earn lifelong fans because that's what wrestling fans become at least that's what they were in the 80s and the 90s and now sometimes it's kind of fleeting you know and and we have less and less lifelong fans and that's a shame yeah it was something like earlier today um when i was at work right i was leaving uh, our new group manager is in there now right and she's actually she's kind of faded off of watching wrestling, but for some reason, when I told her like what I did outside of, you know, being a personal trainer, she was like, Oh my God, really? She's like, I haven't watched wrestling in like four or five years. My daughter's still heavy into it, but I just kind of faded out. I was like, well, why'd you fade out? And she was like, I don't know, just couldn't really make connections. And I think that's the bigger part too, is that like you still like as a performer, right. You still got to make those connections with the audience. Like you can't just leave those people out. And just like you mentioned, right, like if you have all the lowest rungs of a wrestling show and then the presentation sucks and none of the wrestlers are making the effort to connect with those fans, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of people. And I think that's why, like, for me, it's so important. I, even if you dislike me, right, or dislike Red Dog, right, it's so important to me to at least have that connection of that you hate me or you like me. Regardless, I want you to have a connection with me because at the end of the day, it was something that Eric Bischoff has said, right, that whether you love something or you hate something, business is good. And I really believe that. And I was like, if I have make you have some kind of feeling about me, then I'm doing my job. So I'll post regularly upcoming shows I'm on, upcoming posters. And they'll get stuff here and there. But if I post anything controversial, if I post something that's more fitting with my personality, we'll say, uh, then it gets a lot more reactions. But because people want to fight me, they want to seem like the smartest person in the room. And I can do that. They can't. I can back that up. But it's one of those things where it's a driving factor of people will see something they dislike and they will be so much more inclined to interact with it. Um, and I think there's been some uh, documentaries on social media that reflect that as well. And that, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, those things know that and do that on purpose and push that to the forefront. Um, but I think this is one of those situations where the chicken came before the egg because people hated Ric Flair for a long time or they hated uh, gorgeous George, but people still paid to see him get beat up. You know, the, the coming to see what you hated has been around long before social media and especially in professional wrestling. Um, it's something I really, it's something I thrive on. It's my whole business model. It's my whole look. <laughs> if you, if you hate me, you'll pay to see me. I, I that's, that's my whole, it's everything for me. Yeah, it's, it's it's funny because like you see heels that like that develop that like you know hate me right because, because I don't like you and you 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 put it perfectly right like uh, look at like someone like MJF is the same way right 
he just people pay to watch him get his ass kicked. And then when he wins, they get pissed. They come back. They buy the next whatever pay-per-view or they come watch the next show because they're waiting to see him get his ass kicked. And if you look at someone like, you know, look at Floyd Mayweather, right? When Floyd Mayweather started off in, in, in boxing originally, like he just, everybody liked him. You know, he was the silver medalist that just came out of uh, the Olympics and people were like, yeah, you know, and then when he changed and became Money Mayweather, people hated that guy. They were like, I'm buying his fight because I want to see Victor Ortiz knock him out or I want to see Manny Pacquiao knock him out or I want to see Ricky Hatton knock him out. Like they were naming people, they were watching, paying all the fights. And this guy was just raking in money because he knew what was going on. He he learned the game like so quickly. So to see you kind of interpret that same thing, I love that. I love the idea of you being able to to spin it and, and play with it. He's really lucky. He's a very technical boxer uh, because he can't read. So that's probably a job he could have ever been good at. I mean, good for him. Everybody's got to find, you know, everybody's got to find their golden ticket, right? So that's what we're all trying to do. Didn't gonna... he say? I think didn't he say uh, he was like, uh, I don't have to read. I just have to be able to count how many zeros that are in my check. <laughs> that's what he was telling he people. Even, he doesn't even have to do that. People can go ahead and count that for him, and he's fine. Um, you know, the blind squirrel found the nut, you know, he, he got what he needed. Good for him. Still can't read a book. <laughs> you know, actually, I do want to ask this question. I love, this is like one of my favorite questions to ask people though. And it's something I, I bring up. What's one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn being in the business? Mm. Finding my voice probably. Um, that was probably the hardest thing. And it's one of the hardest things to, to teach someone, right? Because so often, um, I'll mention his name, uh, uh, a guy named Corey Bush. He would come up to me when I was first training and he said, where is it? Where is it, Jacob? Where is it? What, what is it? Who, who, come on, say something to me. Bring it out. Bring something out. He was always referring to my voice. He wanted he wanted to find out what my voice was. And um. You know, he and I have been at odds and ends, uh, but that was something that was a driving factor because even when he wasn't around, I eventually moved away and moved back, but it always was in the back of my head. Where is it? Where's my voice? And I was, it turns out I was trying to be so many things I wasn't. Um, and it turned out, and part of that too was inherently people don't want to be booed. They think they might want to, or they might want, what gets thrown at them verbally or physically sometimes they think they want that, but no, um, inherently people want to be liked. People don't want to be literally booed, uh, as a, as a person. I don't like you as a person. Um, and once I kind of threw that out and I just kind of was myself in, you know, calling myself the professor. I remember the first time I ever did that, First time I was ever just called the professor, Jacob Edwin. All I did was in some town in Brewston Mills, West Virginia uh, for championship pro wrestling, CPW, Big Bear Lake. Uh, all I did was come out reading a book. That's all. I was just reading to myself, making my way to the ring. Uh, you know, some people need music. Some people need, you know, uh, an energy drink. A good read, a good read, you know, pumping up this muscle uh, is really what I need. And sometimes I like to do a last minute cram session, go right to the ring with it. Um, and 
they hated me so fast. It, it couldn't, I couldn't have uh, written it better. It was like something out of a movie. Just the minute they could see that I was reading, just reading, they didn't like me right off the bat. Um, and I realized, okay, this is kind of what I assumed was going to happen. People aren't going to like what this is. People aren't going to like me for me. And if that's the case, then so be it. They don't like me for me. So that, that was my hardest lesson was finding my voice. And, and maybe I would have found it sooner if I didn't care so much what other people thought. And now that I don't care, I don't care what other people think because I'm me. I'm the thinker. I'm the thinker. I, I have it already. I, I don't really need your opinion. I don't need a second opinion. I don't need, you know, another doctor. I've got me. I like that. I like that a lot. And I like that. I, I like, that's something I've never thought about was like the finding of your voice and finding out like who you are as far as like the character, but as far as you too, right? Like who you want to be. It was something like, um, it's, it's crazy to think that that's like, I don't know. It's funny because like, I, I guess like for me, when I was going through like the first six months of wrestling, right. And this was something that I was, I've talked about a few times on this show where it's like, a. I I thought that your wrestling character was just something that your trainer gave you. As in like the you are this and this. Kind of like how WWF used to do back in the day with like Repo Man, right? Like you are a wrestler and you are also a guy who repossesses like other people's vehicles or you are a wrestler and you are Earthquake. But like hmm. I didn't realize that like, you had so much freedom into what you could do. So when I first got in, the one thing that Sikkim was like, hey, you know, you being more former military, you should be able to play off of that. So we want you as like this, like straight edge, like very like stoic kind of dude who like the, like I said, right? You get that typical military person role, and I was like, but that's not me. And so I tried, you know, I gave it a shot, gave it like a voice and stuff like that, and it just didn't fit naturally with me. And uh, it was one of my friends who was on the outside, right? And to name drop him, he was also on the show too, Antonio Padilla. Uh, and, and my boy Antonio was like, that's not you. That it hasn't been you. I don't know why. I don't know who this, this guy is. It's not you, but you need to figure it out. And so when I went back and talked about it, I, I had told sick and I was like, yo, I can't do this character because it's not me. And I don't feel like I'm connecting with it. Therefore, I don't think the audience is going to connect with it. And so he's like, well, you cut me a promo the way you want to do it. And I just opened up and just started like verbally assaulting him about being a kingpin <laughs> and then he goes all right cool. that's that's it that's it right there he's like so use that and run with it and from then on and I, it just became something but it is cool to hear that like for you as well like you just had that difficulty at first because you were trying to pretend to do something and it finally was like fuck it i'm just gonna be me it took a long time it took way too long um but you know i'm glad i never live with regrets i'm very much you know if i if I do that, that's who does that help? So I'm glad it came when it did. Um, and I'm glad, you know, and enough people told me and uh, it, it's really been beneficial. This is this is the best my career has ever been. This is most my most fun I've ever had, too, because uh, I get to just be myself and then I get to do something I love, which is professional wrestling. If I can give advice, it would be that. Um, you have to find something about you that's more interesting than the fact that you like professional wrestling. If so many guys are just out there just as professional wrestlers. And for some people, they make that work and it becomes unique because 
there are so few just regular, just professional wrestlers out there. Um, but for others, you, you do have to bring something else to the table besides just like a hobby or a, uh, God forbid, a, uh, profession like the repo man, like uh, Duke, the dumpster, Drozzy. <laughs> you've got to be able to bring something else to the table. If you're not the most interesting person at work, what makes you think you're going to be the most interesting person in a wrestling ring? You know, so some people do just have to be something completely different. Look at gold dust. Look at gold dust and Dustin Rhodes. Those are two different personas, two different sides of, of probably the same coin, but you would never be able to know. I mean, there is no way anybody could have guessed that gold dust was waiting, cooking inside of Dustin Rhodes. I mean, that's, it's shocking. It's shocking. Uh, even now looking at him now and is this Renaissance of a career that he's had versus what he was in the nineties and in the two thousands as gold dust. It's shocking. It's so, and sometimes, and he probably had to go somewhere else. Like that's the thing. People call it persona. They call it a character. They call it a gimmick. You got to be that person. Still people can see through, they can cut through BS so fast. It's like you were saying, it's, it's, being genuine it's being yourself people can cut through that and they can see through that a mile away and most of them do so if at any point dustin Rhodes slipped into dustin Rhodes, people would have known immediately they'd be able to tell immediately that's not gold dust anymore but he was gold dust 24 7 and you have to be because of what we're selling you know there's no reason anyone would think gold dust was legitimately mad at anybody if at any point Dustin Rhodes slipped through unless Dustin Rhodes was mad at somebody then maybe they'd believe that but you you have to give them something worthwhile to believe like this guy's really cracked so there's a part of Dustin Rhodes that's absolutely cracked he was maybe he was playing a gimmick or playing a whatever there is something in Dustin Rhodes that is absolutely cracked and you can't convince <laughs> me otherwise and anybody who bought a ticket to see gold dust also can't be convinced otherwise that there's something in him that he was able to bring out not just that he just decided to pretend to be no he was he was gold dust he is gold dust that is in him hopefully for his sake it's sealed away because i'm sure that would cause a lot of <laughs> daily life issues because you know imagine gold dust asking for to bum a cigarette on the outside of a street somewhere but like yeah. they're just trying to brush his teeth like all of a sudden it's it's not quite you know you kind of need dustin Rhodes for some things so but but you know to call it a gimmick and a character and everything sometimes i think we get too into that and too into that idea and we try to think of ways i see so many wrestlers make the mistake of starting off on the wrong foot they're trying to put something on themselves. And I see it because I made it, right? I made that same mistake. I was just trying to give myself any kind of hook, anything to hang your hat on. And I chose the wrong thing. Some people just aren't meant for that. I mean, how many stories did you hear about like uh, Dean Malenko being one of the funniest guys in the room, but he could not put it out there in the wrestling ring. And uh, he obviously had his own success, Dean Malenko, man of a thousand holds but um you know there was something that he couldn't turn on about his personality out in the ring there was something he couldn't portray some people don't have that they just don't and um 
so if if there's not something that they can turn up the volume on, no matter how loud it is, it's still kind of flat, then maybe this isn't for you or maybe you find a way to make it work. You you look at a guy like Lance Storm. Um, you know, he would eventually turn it into a joke, but that's all he had. That's all he is. He's high and tight, straightforward guy that can wrestle extremely well. And there's ways to there's situations that he can find himself in where that's perfect. That's the audience that wants exactly that. That's what ECW was for him in a lot of ways and why anywhere else it wasn't quite the good fit that ECW was for him because he wasn't doing all the extreme stuff. He was just going out there and wrestling and that was the crowd for it. You know, you've, you've found the people that want what you're giving. So that's, you know, uh, unfortunately for him and everyone there, you know, ECW would run out of business. But that's that's kind of what some of us need sometimes, you know, uh, for those that don't watch or don't know the wrestling ins and outs. One of the biggest things is uh, reaching out to other promotions and trying to get booked, trying to get seen, trying to get opportunities. And I'll say this. um just because one place doesn't need you, they say no to you. That doesn't mean you're bad or you're not worth it or whatever. This is a business. Sometimes it's just they already have one of you and they're closer or they're cheaper or they're already ingrained in that show. And sometimes you just need to shop around. You just need to shop yourself around and see what store you'll fit in. Um, if anybody watches Shark Tank, right? Uh, sometimes there's like five buyers on there and you go up and you give a product and it's great. It's it, maybe it's even already successful. I've already sold a million units of this. How come you don't want it? It's because one of them sells stuff, mostly online shopping or somebody sells stuff with connections to Walmart or somebody sells stuff. Mostly maybe they like food or they like clothing better. It's because they already – I've seen people that will go out. They'll call – I'm out. You know, that's the show. They'll say I'm out because I already have something like this that will compete with this directly. I can't have two of the same thing. Sometimes it's just that. Sometimes that's all it has to be. It's just it's just business. Sometimes people are already in control of something else with that. With that maybe they already have – a maroon canine on their show and they can't have red dog because they have maroon canine. Right. So there's other teachers and professors out there or smart people in professional wrestling. Maybe they don't need me that time. That's fine. I'll, you know, you send them updated stuff. You keep at it, but that doesn't, you know, no, doesn't mean you were bad. You were terrible. Sometimes it does. Maybe if you're <laughs> enough times, you have to reevaluate something. But for the most part, this is a business. This is a business. I see so many people say, know your worth, right? And this is, a, I'm long-winded. I'm sorry. I'll apologize again. They say, know your worth, but that's a two-way street. Because your worth, to, you and I, right? We're, we're East Coast. Uh, you're probably Maryland-based. I'm close by. It's... Our worth in Maine is zero. <laughs> we are just yeah. another person to them, them unless we have somehow maybe a YouTube show or something Something we do somehow gets a bunch of views at like a high school in Maine. Now all of a sudden we have worth. But as of right now, 
I don't have that. I don't believe you have that. We are worthless to whoever in Maine. So whoever in Maine needs to, they need to value something we have, whether it's a different wrestling style, a different, a standout uh, personality, persona, or it's just a carload full of guys. Maybe they just want something fresh. They just need something fresh to come to their show and give their crowd something different because whatever they have in the area is stale. Um, so it's in March, I'll be in Florida. I'll, it'll be my debut in Florida. Um, it's for a friend, an old friend of mine that moved down there. And, um, you know, it's just whatever he's got for me. And he says, listen, this area, they've seen a lot of wrestling, but it's all the same stuff. It's all the same people. I want to make half my show people I knew from back there that are offering something different and half local people. So there's a connection to the local people and there's something exciting of a different coat of paint, you know, like, okay, here we go. This is something I don't see around here. It's, you know, it's like a new, a new store opening up in town, something that you haven't <laughs> seen before. It's not the fifth coffee shop that's in town. It's now, I don't know, the boba shop. There's a, uh, there's four coffee shops and now there's a brand new boba shop. We've never had it. Let's try it. And if it's good, they'll keep coming back. Um, and then maybe one of those four coffee shops offers boba and it's, well, I remember this coffee shop. I like this coffee shop. And now they have boba, which is this new thing I like. So now, now it's competition. Now it's yeah. well, you want all, all boba or all coffee, whatever. Yeah, it's one of those things. You kind of brought up like a lot of points and there's like a lot, a lot to digest. So if you guys need to just go back and just go back and listen. But one of the things that I liked about it, right, is like you mentioned something about Dustin Rhodes, right? I just, I wanted to bring this up real quick. I just, when you said Dustin Rhodes, as far as being gold dust, I just automatically imagine gold dust, like trying to brush his teeth. Yeah. And just like every time he has crest, I only imagine that's how he came over with the... <laughs> was because... <laughs> but it's like... But you, but you've hit so many points. Like, like sometimes you might go, you know, you you should know your worth, right? right? But you should be offering something different. I guess when I thought about things, I was like, listen, like, there's there's always like six characters in. Like, I always get told this, right? There's always six characters you're gonna find in the locker room, right? One of them's gonna be like the the strong wrestler type, right? Yeah. You're gonna have like the mercenary. You're gonna have that high flyer. Uh, you'll have like the educated one, right? Is one of uh, people will say you'll have the one that's like, I'm the badass, right? And then you'll have like, like the clown character, right? Those are like usually the characters that you're gonna find in in the locker room. And what I find funny is that you have to differentiate yourself from one thing to another, right? And what I find, and you brought it up, it was something cool. Like you're going to a new area with your character. And they have never seen you before. So you get to be like that breakthrough and be like, hey, oh, this is what I this is who I am. This is what I'm gonna offer to you guys. And if you don't like it, I'm only here for one show. So you know, bite me. You know, <laughs> you can keep it moving. The, but it's cool goal, that the goal should be to want to come back or they want you to come back. You know, the whether it's the crowd, whether it's the promoter, you know, that should always be the goal. Not this is one and done unless you don't like it. If you don't like the right. place, then yeah, whatever, which has happened. I mean, sometimes it's just not a good fit that that happens. You know, uh, that's nothing like that's no personal attacks on anybody. But sometimes you go to a show and you just don't like the vibe. But the goal should be to want to come back. Um, 
sorry, I, I cut you off, but the the goal should be just because it's one show, you should want to come back. You should want them to want you to come back. Maybe right. not next month or next week, but maybe in a couple months, it's still something they want to see from you. Yeah, I I like the I. It's funny because like I've been through like I've been up in like Massachusetts and when you mentioned Maine, I was like, well, I've been in through Maine, Massachusetts. Uh, but like going into Massachusetts and wrestling up there, like I was a part of the Wrestle Open, like I was one of their dark matches, like I had a tryout match. Um, but the one thing I did, I got like a lot of good feedback about like how I can develop my character, make it better, and stuff like that, and make it more rounded so that it doesn't look like uh, what was told to me, uh, dinner TV, and it was more of a fight. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that's great. And I took like a lot of that advice and I ran with it and then, you know, kept studying and kept working on my craft. And then a lot of the guys that I've seen since I was at the wrestling open saw me at other shows and they're like, oh yeah, you've gotten so much better than where you were originally. So it was kind of cool to be in a, in a new area, but I knew that my character was different from everybody's character because, uh, you know, I didn't see a mercenary character who like, was just joking with people as he's beating their ass or getting his ass beat, right? I never saw that character there. And that's why I think, like, if you know you bring something unique to the table, you got to find, like, a good way to market yourself to get other people to want you to come in, right? And I think something I do I do bring into, like, everything, and I say this a lot, I have a podcast, and if you want to bring your show on and talk about your show, this is the place to do it, especially if you're trying to reach a, a big crowd in the mid-Atlantic. I don't know. I tend to feel like I have a good reach with it but um it is it is something unique that uh you you have to find a way to market yourself and, and get people to notice you so that way when you go to new areas one they want you to come back because they kind of have a, a taste of like who you are but two like the promoter is going to bring you back because he knows that you're putting on the show and you're going to do everything you got to do to promote their show because you want it to be successful as well and I think those are like big things that people have to remember when they you know, when they're hitting up new places and when they want to get, when they're looking to get booked, you don't want to be the person like book me. You want to be the person that says, Hey, this is like, you should book me because I'm a good wrestler. No, you should book me because I'm a good promoter or I'm a good uh, marketer or I'm a, I'm good at doing this or that, like have that plus one that you can always push yourself to be better in. Yeah. And we also kind of have to accept, right. That if we don't have, a national audience at our disposal, something, you know, a national ticket buying audience, then that kind of limits what we have to offer. Um, that doesn't mean go out there and go broke doing this. That means find what else you have to offer, bring other things to the table. Don't be too good to help set up a ring or tear it down. Don't be good. Uh, don't be someone that people don't want to ride in a car with you. Don't be that guy. Um, don't, you know, and maybe you'll find a sweet spot, right? And maybe you'll find a sweet spot where you're professional. Just don't give them a reason to say no. That's probably, that's a very much, a much shorter point uh, to what I'm trying to say. Don't give him a reason to say no. He wasn't here on time. Uh, the people he brought, he didn't tell me he was bringing the people he brought were unprofessional. Uh, he was in the way. He was loud and obnoxious. And he or she, uh, um, everything, you know, don't give the reason, don't give them a reason to say no, to give them everything to say yes. And that doesn't mean 
So I'm at a point now where I, I want to be, I still want to be me. Regardless of all of that, like, I still want to be me. I'm going to go out there and wrestle the way I'm going to wrestle. I'm not going to do something that I think goes against my standards. You know, so many people are going to go out and try to want to be a clown. And I'm, I'm not a clown. Maybe they can be a clown, but I'm not going to be a clown. It's, it's just that, <laughs> that simple. Uh, and even backstage, if a promoter says to do something else or try to do something different, uh, I'm at a place where I'll listen to anybody, but uh, sometimes I just don't need a second opinion. I like that, though. And, and that's pretty solid advice. Like, if you kind of know, like, the direction you're trying to run, because like, that's one thing I've, I've heard a lot, like, when I'm, you know, when we're doing these shows, one thing I've heard a lot was that, you know, you could take everybody's advice, but not everybody's advice is going to be applicable to where you're trying to go. Because, like, not everybody's going to know what's in your mind and what you're trying to put out. Yeah. They might be able to, like, give you pieces that are going to help you, like, accentuate that but if you're not doing if you were like accepting everybody's advice you're just going to be spinning your rudders because there's yeah. some people tell you do this some people tell you do that but they'll contradict each other so you have to kind of like pick and choose whose advice that you want to you want to learn from like accept everybody's but pick out the pieces that are going to stick with you and then run with those pieces it depends on it'll i mean it'll just take time to siphon out what you need you know just like you're saying Sometimes that takes years to figure out, okay, what is the actual goal I want to accomplish? Because sometimes people just have this pie in the sky kind of idea of like, I just want to get signed. And then they get signed and they don't like it and it's no good and it doesn't work for them. So then you kind of have to be picky and choosy about where you want to be signed and why you want to be signed. Because getting a job versus being signed for what you want to do, two very different things. You know, um, let's say uh, Perry Saturn, uh, instead of being told, we want to hire you as Perry Saturn, they told him, we want to hire you so you can interact with this mop and pretend that it's real and that you're in love with it. They're offering him a job. It's kind of the monkey's paw, right? Like, be careful what you wish for. Do you just want a job that you'll just do whatever and say and do whatever and kind of look like a clown? And look like a joke if that's what you want and you're you'll be happy doing that because it's still wrestling to you then fine it's not what i want yeah i like that so listen we're gonna take this to the best segment of the three count podcast and it used to be the red dogs power rankings but i refuse to acknowledge that i've retired those things so that's not happening Chaz. you don't get that you don't get that all right that's just not for you but this is the three count podcast 10 count questions and here's how it works uh, I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you and, uh, whatever your answer is, that's your answer. First thing that comes to mind. Yeah. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing. And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or raw. Smackdown. Favorite book. Uh, any Sherlock Holmes book. Marvel or DC. Marvel. Favorite movie. Favorite movie? Pulp Fiction. Let's go. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Favorite actor? Ah. Oh. Ah. 
Brad Pitt. Let's go. Uh, Apple or Android? Android. Uh, favorite podcast? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to be the shill and say yours. Um, <laughs> man, that one's so hard. Um, I have to go with... That's a tough one, man. I'll go with the uh, with uh, it's a show called Knowledge Fight, um, and a, a brief synopsis: uh, Knowledge Fight is a show with two guys that listen to the Alex Jones show, Infowars, <laughs> and makes fun of it and points out when he's lying and when he's been wrong and just cut him deep <laughs> just all and i i don't know why it's so niche and i just love it i can't get enough of it i like that i like that a lot that's actually i'm gonna have to go check out this podcast because i've never heard of it but i'm definitely glad that you brought this to my attention because that is something i love is like listening to podcasts correct other people and what they are doing. <laughs> I guess when you think about it, it is right up my alley, but um, <laughs> I didn't expect it to be. All right. Well, uh, nominate one person that you would like to see on this podcast. Oh, goodness. Um, wow. Uh, just one? You can um, name a bunch if you want. <laughs> I would like to see Shane Malice, uh, if he hasn't been on. Um, and I'd like to see uh, Simon Shadows would be the other one. Those are the two I'm going to say. I'll leave it there. Yep. So I'll be honest. Shane Malice is my white whale. Like, call me <laughs> Ishmael. Like, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on this podcast favorite curse word favorite curse word wow um my goodness you really caught me on the uh, on the spot here uh, <laughs> gosh uh, I'll I'll go with a, a kind of a silly answer. One of my only silly answers. If you if you watched Friends ever, just, that one. <laughs> we'll just go with. I got just leave it there. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. What an oh, answer! <laughs> so, hey, uh, those are all my heavy hitting questions. So, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show. But I need you to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. All right, so on every social media, I think the latest one is Hive. Uh, it's at Jacob Edwin, spelled exactly as you might see on your screen. But those of you listening, J-A-K-O-B-E-D-W-I-N-N. That's on everything, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. It's uh, it's a last bastion for me. Um, uh, and let's see, coming up next month, I'll be at RWA, uh, Renegade Wrestling Alliance, which is in West Newton, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'll be at Voltage. Uh, they're at a bar show. I can't remember the town right off the top of my head. But all these is links Wayne's, are on my... Waynesboro. Waynesboro, yep. Uh, yeah. All these links are also on my social medias. I'll also be, uh, uh, I'll be making my debuts at Rise Wrestling. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's 
that's it for next month and anything else in 2023 uh you'll be able to follow my stuff on social media and catch my matches on youtube and things like that that well there you have it like he gave you all of his handles he told you where you can find him and where you can't find him yeah it's very important too and also he told you about some of the future dates that he has going up so like every great part of a wrestling match we got to take this home because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering. And like I said, I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. And like every good Sherpa, which I like to think I am, it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering? You see him right there, okay? It's the professor himself, Jacob Edwin. And you guys know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there or... You're legitimately following us on all of our social media platforms. You're even purchasing our merch on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the 3 Cow Podcast. You're sharing this out. You're following us on YouTube. You're subscribed to us on Spotify. You're leaving us those five-star fraud slash reviews that you can leave on Apple Podcasts, even answering our question on Spotify as well. You're telling your friends about us. You're sharing this out with every single thing you have, or you're really just kind of waiting for this episode to end. You're waiting for that outro, and then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Peace. Thank you. Yo. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. Well, what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod. Give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the Three Count Podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say also one thing i need you to do for me the three count podcast also has merchandise at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod please go buy our t-shirts we love you guys and we hope you love us too so show us some support please